Vaughan Davis. Hashtag Sunday Social Radio Live. Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through till 8 o'clock when the Weekend Variety Wireless kicks off, of course. And this is show number 218. Now, I know that's not a prime number because it ends in in an even number. And if you were listening last week, you'll know all about that embarrassment. I'd love you to be part of the show. You can text me 3920 keyword live. That's not a prime number because it ends in zero. Or you can tweet me. Tweet me at Vaughan Davis. Later on, Later on, straight from Twitter, Mr. At Paul Brislin, and we're talking about a new website from Trump Hotels, or is it, uh, a particularly addictive game. I always love when I pass on a particularly addictive game. And is ransomware the new Tupperware? Well, spoiler, it's not. First, though... Day, the internet used to be for computers, then phones. Now it's watches, bathroom scales, burglar alarms, and even light bulbs. It's called the Internet of Things. And we're talking to expert Dr. Lynn Wilcox, who is the Chief Technical Officer at Fuji Xerox's Palo Alto Laboratory in California. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, let's talk about that wonderful place you work in, because anyone vaguely geeky, uh, when they hear the words Palo Alto and Xerox in the same sentence, they go, oh my gosh, that's like the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the holy grail of, uh, of tech locations. So tell us about the place you work. Okay. Well, actually, I work at Fuji Xerox Palo Alto Research Center. We call it FX Pal. We're often confused, and I think you are as well, with Xerox Park. So, Park is the research lab for Xerox Corporation. We are the research lab for Fuji Xerox. Park is where they invented the computer. They invented the, the mouse. The personal computer, the mouse, the GUI. And the GUI? The, What's the GUI? The graphical user interface. You, ah. know, you know, the icons, the mouse, everything that you use on your computer today. Yeah. All that thing was invented in the 70s there. And they invited Steve Jobs to came, come in and look around, see what was going on there. And, and he, he kind of... And he did have a look around. <laughs> and did. he did see what was going on there. He certainly did. And not only did he do that, he figured out what to do with it. And he developed the personal computer. And if Xerox would have caught on to that, we'd be a very different company today. So let's talk about what you do there and, and what your team does. Okay, so at FXPAL, we do research for Fuji Xerox. We're looking for the next new business after the printers because, obviously, printers are going away. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Obviously, printers are going away. I've just set up a new office, and one of the first things we did was talk to Fuji Xerox and get a big printer. Printers, well, we've been saying for the last 10, maybe even 20 years that the paperless office is just around the corner. (laughs) And, you know, um, if this was TV, you'd see that I'm reading from a piece of paper, which I've printed out because it makes sense to have my questions on a piece of paper. Uh, And, you know, you go into an office supplies place and it's stacked to the ceiling with reams of A4 and A3 paper. Is 
paper going away. Oh, you are right. It's not going to completely disappear, but honestly, the use is less and less with people's personal devices. We're reading on our tablets mm -hmm. now. Um, we read books on our tablets. We don't print out as much. So that was an overstatement to say that printers are going to disappear, but certainly it's going to decrease our business, and we'd like to find new business areas that we can extend. Now, Fuji Xerox and Xerox, we're the communication company, so what can we do to extend communication and more help people with their work environments, the future of work? So one of the things you are involved in, as I sort of uh, alluded to in the, in the start of the show, is the Internet of Things, and it's one of those... I guess it, it is a buzzword. It, 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 it's, you know, if you could track the, the Google searches for Internet of Things, it would be, you know, like a rocket ship over the last five years probably. So in simplest terms, what is the Internet of Things? So it, just in simplest terms, it's connected devices, connected machines, connected objects that you can control remotely without any intervention of people. Mm -hmm. So um, imagine like your thermostat that you can control with your mobile phone, something just as simple as that, a Fitbit. So that's something that is measuring your heart rate, how many steps that you make, and it's saving it for you so that you can look at things later. It's connected and does analysis of it. So it's devices that are somehow connected to some sort of computing device. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. and okay. and in, in a lot of cases they're not they're not all that high tech because uh, you know you can buy a light bulb now exactly. that talks to your home Wi-Fi and can be controlled by an app, right? So what time of day you want it turned off and on, even whether you want it to be sort of bluish light or you know reddish light depending on your mood, which is which is which is kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just simple. You're right. We, we used to just connect our computers and now we connect just about anything. And to the point now where I, I don't know if that tipping point has been reached, but uh, before long, more things connected to the Internet than, than people. You know? I think we've already reached that. Right. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So at, at Fuji Xerox, you know, you're, you're not just looking at, you know, your Fitbit and your bathroom scales and your, and your light bulb. What, what does the Internet of Things mean to your work? Okay, well, we actually go a little beyond the Internet of Things with something I call ambient intelligence. Ambient intelligence. Right. That's, a, that's a new one. You heard it here first on Radio Live. Ambient right. intelligence. So it refers to environments that sense and react to the presence of people. So people is the key word there. And it combines IoT, the connected devices, those are the sensors, with AI. There's another buzzword, but it's artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. just, just the smarts. It's just some kind of computing smarts to be able to react to people in the environment and then to be able to understand how they behavior in the environment so they can make things better for them in the future. So give me give me an example of that. I can I can see this working in the home, but I'm guessing your focus isn't so much in the home, but as, as in workplaces and and public spaces. Yeah, right, exactly. So um, we started with locating people, so that's a huge part of the Internet of Things, just where people and objects are. So um, I won't explain the technology by that, but actually we don't locate people with our technology. We locate their cell phones. So ah, we, okay. So, yeah. so, so it's a, it's a fair, it's a fair bet. If there are 
I don't know, 20 cell phones in my university lecture theatre, there are 20 people. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, we know where people are. So at first we started wondering where our colleagues were. So we put sensors in the environment to find out. So you, where try, you tried this in your own office? Yeah, that yeah. was the first thing we tried. And everybody said, oh, that's a little bit creepy. So um, then some people in Australia saw that and they saw, oh, we can use this for building management. What if we knew um, how our office buildings were being used? In Australia, um, they have really expensive office space, and, but the people in the bank that we were working with don't work in the office all the time. They're out on sales calls. Mm-hmm. So you have this hugely expensive half-empty building. So if I knew how many people were in that building, what times they were in the building, what space they needed, did they need meeting space, small meeting space, did they need desks, I could probably figure out how to redesign those buildings and possibly even reduce the number of buildings that I had. So we did that analytics for them. Now, to keep this from being creepy, um, I said we're tracking people's cell phones, not the people. So to make it not creepy, we provide value for the people as well. Mm-hmm. So t- I run this app on my tel- my phone, and I can book meeting rooms. I can find free desks in the room. So it gives me some information. I suppose also if, if I own a great big office building and I'm heating, lighting, and air conditioning that entire building all the time, I could learn things that would allow me to be cleverer with the way I use that energy, right? That's absolutely right. That's usually called smart buildings. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you're absolutely right. Just by tracking the building use. So smart buildings, uh, are they are they happening now? Are they uh, you know in in businesses all around the world, or are they still a little bit in the future? I think people are starting to do it for power, um, energy, and lighting, but not so much for the space analytics applications that we're looking at. Um, let me give you another example mm. that we're working on in the hospital. As I said, we're rather people-focused yep. and not so yep. much building-focused. But in the hospital, or um, I think a large medical facility, you probably have those there. They're, they're huge facilities with many doctors. Mm-hmm. And the problem that they have in there... <laughs> that reminds me. That's a movie joke. He's going to the hospital. The hospital, what is it? It's... Uh, big building with lots of doctors yeah. <laughs> i think that might have been in flight in uh, airplane but yeah yeah i mean so it's yes, not we, we, exactly we have we have hospitals sick people go but it's like for outpatients mm-hmm. so you're going to see a doctor to get some tests or something like that and they kept losing the patients they didn't know where the patients were so when they check in they they're supposed to sit there and wait for the doctor they wouldn't be in there they'd go to an exam room and the hospital or doctors would forget where they were and so we needed a way of tracking the people so um particularly thinking about something like radiology so they're going through a series of tests Mm -hmm. and they say okay this test was positive now you have to wait here We'll, we'll come get you for the next test okay so the patient is really nervous so if we let them carry this device. We can push information to them. Like, so let oh, them carry, let them carry yeah. what device? What device? Uh, we give them, when they enter the hospital, we give them an iPod. Oh. 
So that tracks their location. So the hospital and the back end knows where they are because um, they're being tracked by this device. But also we're providing value to the patient, so it's not creepy. So they just see on the screen, they hey, you've got screen. to be in room 12 in two minutes. Yeah, and here's the directions to room 12. Here are the results of your last test, but don't worry because this is, you know, here are some things. And so it keeps them busy. And here's, here, here's, here's some games to play while you're waiting. You know, we don't do that, but that's Aww. a good idea. Yeah, well, some, some music, borrowing some, 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 some music to listen to. Hey, we're talking about the Internet of Things and all sorts of other interesting tech from Lynn Wilcox from Fuji Xerox. Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the Internet. internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. And welcome back to Sunday Social. Talking to Fuji Xerox uh, chief technical officer Lynn Wilcox welcome back thank you now before the break we were talking about uh, using ambient intelligence to manage the flow of people around medical facilities which was which was which was kind of interesting it was that, that was unkind it was very interesting <laughs> but uh, you're also doing some work in the management of people and things through industrial processes right yeah. so tell me about that I mean there's probably a couple of factories still left in New Zealand uh, so before they they go out of business let's talk about how the internet of things can help okay um so obviously we're Fuji Xerox and we visited a printer factory and I don't know if Oh, a factory, a factory that makes printers. A, ma a factory that makes parts for printers right, yep. in somewhere in the middle of Japan. Actually, it was in Suzuka. And um, the problem that they have there is a lot of it's mechanized. You know, factories have assembly lines. Mm -hmm. But there's things that people have to do. And they run on TPS, Total Pro Toyota Production System. And what, what, what is that, it? Is, what, is that just a software platform no, or a, it, a way of a doing things? it's a methodology of doing things. So it's called just-in-time parts delivery. Yes. So this person goes to the storeroom, gets some parts, brings it to the line, to the person on the line that is doing the assembly, and goes to various locations along the line, a path. It's a fixed path that's tracked, and then they go back to the storeroom and they do it again. They call that, uh, they have a word for it, mizusumashi, which is a whirligig beetle. I don't know if you guys have the beetles that spin around on top of the water. They kind of go in No, we don't, but, it, but it's, it, it, it's, it's, it paints a very vivid picture <laughs> okay. of a lot of energy with not much output, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's somebody doing the same thing all the time, going through, you know, it's a very routine task. Mm. Um, but it, it's quite efficient, and they're looking for ways to make it more efficient because the factory, the line is just moving along. It does what it does. People mm -hmm. go along the line. So so people are the rough spot in that. So if this person who's delivering the parts doesn't get there in time, something goes wrong and they have to stop the whole line. So that's a whole mm -hmm. sequence of things that has to stop. So that's a big deal. So they were wondering if we could use our location technology to know exactly where this person was delivering the parts, how long they were in the storeroom finding the parts, how long that they were at each station delivering the parts. Mm -hmm. So we set up the technology there and so that we could track them going around this fixed line. So in this case, there's not a whole lot of value to the worker. I'm, I'm kind of big on having this be reciprocal. Yeah. But in this case... Yeah, because it feels like, you know, you, creepy, you're yeah. being watched <laughs> yeah. and, and you can't slack off and you can't have a bad day because you're being measured. Right, exactly. But that, um, the reality of that job is you can't. 
So if we can find ways where to make it easier for them, if there was a way that we could track this line, find out, alert when there's failures, mm-hmm. so the boss knows when there's a problem, so before it causes a huge issue, maybe he could quickly go in there and solve and it. And give Jones some more coffee, because uh, yeah. Jones is walking too slowly, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, just, maybe Jones is, is having an affair with, you know, <laughs> Susan on, on the assembly line and, and lingers a little bit longer than he should. <laughs> right. So they could know about that and get in there before they cause a lot of trouble with the machines. Um, and then we also analyze that data on the back end and see, okay, well, this person is having a really hard time picking up this certain part or delivering this certain part. How can we do that better? So that allows you to optimize it. And the poor person who's running around like a little bug mm, along this assembly mm. line, it is helping that person do their job more uh, efficiently. Uh, uh, and okay. So it's not direct benefit, but it is indirect. Do, how do they feel about it? How do people feel about the, that degree of scrutiny? Because we're happy to give that degree of scrutiny to Facebook or Fitbit or, or you know, where we see there's an exchange, right? Imagine, um, like, a tennis player, and you put sensors on the tennis player to help them play better. How do they feel about it? They feel great. I mean, it's, it's getting their game better. And so this is the same thing. They want to do a good job in the factory. Of course they do. And they, they don't want to screw up. And so it's just a tool to help them perform better. So let's let's go down the assembly line a little bit further and say we've made a printer or we've made a, a copier. How how is that big enormous expensive noisy sort of smelly machine in the corner of my office? How is that getting smarter? How's how's the the fundamentals of that changing? Okay, um, well the printer's a printer itself, but you know um, we have a product now, Smart Work Gateway. And that's a connected printer. And what that allows us to do is know what's being copied on the machine. So um, we have some technology. Really? Yes. So, so yes. when you say us, this allows Fuji Xerox to know what's being copied on the Fuji Xerox machine. If, if you allow... If we buy into if this. If you buy into this. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, nobody's going to spy on it. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But um, what we can do is we can put an edge device on the computer. If you want to monitor what's being printed, mm-hmm. put an edge device on the computer and watch what's being copied. So what we were doing is looking for copyright when teachers were copying material and trying to determine what was copyright or not because i remember even back when i went to university there were there were signs at the at the printer about what you know what could and could not be copied under under license right right and well here but we all just ignored them (laughs) right but these are the schools and so school are making a copy of a lot of copyright material at first they asked the teachers to say manually which copyright material are you doing i mean it doesn't bother them they're not paying Mm. but it's just work it's just extra work and so this allows it to monitor and so it's really kind of cool you have this box sitting at the printer looking at the image that's being copied we create a signature of that document and then send that up to the cloud, and it's matched against millions of copyright material in the mm-hmm. cloud. If it's found, it's automatically built. So it's all automatic. The teacher doesn't have to do any extra trouble. And the people who own the copyrights are paid fairly. So it's kind of a win-win situation. Now, you could use that for other things. You could um, have the copy machine refuse to copy proprietary material. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was even told recently by a Fujizawak salesman that people in certain countries are copying many, and our copiers are so good that they can Did get... Did you say money? Money, currency, paper, currency. And it's so good that they could make these copies and are putting it around. These, obviously, this is not in New Zealand, but in some other countries mm. where we sell copiers. And they said, can we detect when people are doing that? And I said, yes, yeah, sure. So that's, that, that's probably, yeah, that's probably <laughs> a, a, a use that not many people would argue with. Or, uh, or copying of... Uh, passports or copying of driver's licenses and exactly. things like that so exactly. most of us would would want a printer to be able to detect that and go mm, nah exactly. i suppose so this is this is pretty exciting stuff and um you know you're clearly excited to be in this job tell, tell me about your your personal engagement with tech i mean when you go home from you know from palo alto is it you know, to a, a Tony Stark-like um, mountaintop retreat full of, you know, internet and full of technology and full of gadgets, or, or do you just switch off? How, how do you balance that <laughs> out? You know, do you go to a log cabin and, 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 you know, turn off your cell phone? Well, personally, I do like to live a little bit remotely. I love hiking. I love to be out in the woods. I'm not a city person, so I'm out there. Um, on the other hand, I couldn't live without um, my tablet computer and my cell phone. And my TV. <laughs> so, so connectivity is important to you in your personal life as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, constant. And your cell phone is a, a top gadget. Your tablet computer and your TV are, are top gadgets. What, what, what are your other favourite tech toys around around your house or in your life? Because um, you you must get access to all sorts of interesting stuff, right? You know, not really. I really? Mean, I'm. Um, well, hey, well, yeah, an A3, an A3 printer in your house is not really. I have no printer in my house. You have no printer in your house. No. No printer at all. No, I don't want one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I I use my tablet computer when I want to read something, read the news. So you you actually are kind of paperless. I'm kind. I'm as paperless as I can as, be. As you, as you, as you possibly can, can be. Paper is messy and it's all over the place and I don't want to deal with it. So when I don't, I can't, I mean, paying bills, all that kind of stuff is all electronic now. You don't have to worry about it. So looking looking ahead of the stuff that you're working on now, maybe focusing on on the home environment rather than the business environment. What What's the tech that, that's coming down the pipe that you know, you, you've, you've read about, you've heard about, you've seen that excites you the most? Um, so I'm... I, I may get a Google Home. That's I've got I've got a Google Home. Oh, how are you liking it? I'm loving it. So Google yeah. Home, we've, we've talked about this on on shows a little while ago. It's a they call it a smart speaker. Uh, so it's a, it's the size of a bit like a fat beer can. sits on your kitchen counter and 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 listens to you. So it really should be called a smart microphone. So smart speaker was good branding. And you talk to it, you say, okay, Google, and you ask it all sorts of things, and all the resources of Google will will conspire to give you an answer. So that excites you. Yes, yes. I I've always loved talking toys. I used to work on speech recognition. So oh, there you go. I, I would get talking dolls for my kids before they worked very well. And you'd talk to it and they'd it re reply randomly. But now I see this technology is getting pretty good and Google Home looks like it might actually be useful or, if not, fun to play with. Well, it's, it's 
if nothing else, it's become my go-to music player. And I, exactly. I see that they've brought out a, um, a large one, or maybe it hasn't shipped yet, which has a much better speaker. That's the only difference. So nice. th then you don't need nice. to do anything else. Uh, well, that, that's, that's quite reassuring. The thing that excites you most about the future of technology is a thing that's already in my kitchen. Hey, Lynn Wilcox <laughs> from Fuji Xerox, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Social. Thank you. Nice to be here. Sunday Social. Welcome back to Sunday Social. You can listen to that whole entire interview, of course, at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social. Or if you're one of those podcast people, I see you sitting on the bus with your earbuds in, you can download that from iTunes. Just search Sunday Social, Radio Live, Vaughan Davis, search any of those things. Search all of them. Hey, big Sunday Social, welcome back to the chair, Mr. Paul Brislin. How are you, Paul? I'm jolly good, I'm good. I'm looking for a pair of earbuds. Do you have any to recommend for listening to podcasts? Well, I don't. I don't, I don't. Mm. Um, several reasons. I keep upgrading phones, and, and what I yes. thought was a good pair of earbuds to plug into the bottom of one phone... Uh, <laughs> no longer computer says no yes uh, well, it's all bluetooth now vaughn it's all wireless it is all wireless. frying the back of your head yeah it is it is and we're actually going to talk about that later in the uh later in the show but no i'm uh, i'm open to recommendations mm. when it comes to headphones because i think pound for pound they're about the most expensive electronics you can buy i would say that's probably about pound right for pound. pounds even kilo kilojoules they are very costly beasts aren't but they they are not as costly though mm. they're not as costly paul as ransomware oh nothing is as costly as uh, ransomware so tell me, I'm, I'm familiar with um, Tupperware. Yes, I've, I've, very I may, similar. I may even have some in the, in the cupboard. Uh, but ransomware is quite another beast. Well, it is, it is. Ransomware is where you um, cheerfully log onto the computer one day and computer says not only no, but um, I now belong to somebody else. And if you don't give me lots of money, I will lock up all of your files and you'll never see them again. And unfortunately, it's quite common as um, well, uh, a way of... How common? How common? Well, it's... Just, it's yeah, I can say things like quite common. I can throw willy-nilly things like that. I know uh, a number of companies, several companies in New Zealand have been caught with it. Uh, most recently, Ken Shirley, sadly, at the, um, the transport um, forum, uh, came in one morning and discovered all of his computers were locked up and seized and all the data, all of the membership lists, everything was e emailed. The whole lot was all completely locked down. And as IT, said, uh, IT guy said, uh, I am serious and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> That's right. And um, so it's okay though, Ken, because you've got all these lovely backups. And Ken said, ah, uh, yes, we never really got around to installing any kind so, of backup. So, so sit me through this, this ransomware mm. malarkey. I'm a dirty hacker. In yes. fact, I'm wearing a hoodie as we speak. We're, so we're hoodie I'm, bound. I'm dressed as a hacker. Yes. Uh, I go, all right, I've identified a company that really, really needs its computery stuff. Well, probably not even that far. I would say I have identified a problem with a security um, uh, flaw that I can exploit. That you know that, that lots that of companies Lots use. of companies may have out there. It could be Windows XP, right. the old days. It could be something that's just come up recently so, so so i send out I, I attack i send out a piece of malicious code that's right which could be an email could be a website yep. could be a link all, all of the any of ways. the above yep which, which denies the legitimate users of this computer or the server or these these files mm. access to them that's right uh unless i send them some sort of unlock code yes. or I unlock them myself in exchange for money. Hence, in exchange for the cash, the ransom, the ransom bit. Well, let's let's say this happens to me. Yes. Let's say I have a business. Yeah. Oh, I do. Oh, you do have a business. And I have one of these ransomware attacks. 
never negotiate with terrorists. I've yeah. seen enough of those uh, That's right. you know, White House is down movies to know that. <laughs> uh, Greylin is down. However, yes. let's say it's $1,000. Why, why don't I just pay the $1,000, get all my stuff back, yeah. and then you know patch it up very strongly so it never happens again? Why, mm. why don't I just do why that? Why don't you just like, say like it like Well, it's a very sensible idea. Look, let's just pay the man and we'll get all our files back and we'll carry on. Yeah. Well, because park, park bench, Central Park, that's brown right. paper bag, yep. $1,000. Under Pier 24, yeah. does, you know, in this case, Bitcoin, uh, because you actually don't know what else they've put into your files. So uh, you might get all your files back with a little bit of a little bit of something extra, Vaughan, and then in a year's time, oh, look, this time, because we know that you'll pay $1,000, this time it'll be $5,000. Right, because... Uh, even though I've then gone and built these amazing firewalls That's right. that protect me from the outside world, it's on I've the actually info. said, yes, please, may I have yep. my files back that contain what Something nasty and a bit whoopsy. So, <coughs> so the moral of the story. Well, not lots of morals, but firstly, who is being targeted? What sort of businesses are being hit? Well, they're... they're uh, uh, and again, it's probably not so much targeted as just getting lucky with yep, uh, yep. small businesses in particular, because large companies tend to have an IT team. They'll have uh, hopefully security professionals who are constantly backing things up and updating and making sure their firewalls protecting them and their antivirus is working, all that malarkey, as we all do. Right, Vaughan. Yes. So it's the smaller companies with, say, five to six to ten myself. people I'm feeling a bit sheepish. Are you feeling a little, little sheepish, I'm, a little goatee? Nah, we're, we're, we're well. You're well, yeah. Well, well this is it. Well um, uh, they're the ones who tend to be a bit like Ken and the, the forum. Um, well, look, we don't, you know, it's not core to our business. We're not a company that is out there on the internet. However, if you use computers, you're probably highly reliant on them. And if it's membership lists, whether it's your accounts, whatever, if it disappeared tomorrow, you would probably be in a bit of shtuck. Okay, so, so, so tomorrow morning, we, yep. get, we go to work on Monday, and there's a, uh, 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 hello, it's yep. a ransom, ransom face here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what should we do? So there's a few things you should do. Um, first of all, don't panic and start um, deleting things or smashing things up with a hammer. That's a bad idea. Oh, immediately unplug your computer and smash it? Yeah, well, immediately unplug your computer from the internet is probably a good idea. Yes. Uh, do not smash it up because you actually need to be able to see whether or not it can be um, dealt with. Uh, there's a government-led organisation called CERT, C-E-R-T. The Cyber Emergency Response Team. That's We've them. The, uh, the ex uh, Rob Pope. of that. Rob Pope yep. on, the, on the show. Absolutely. And these are a, a invaluable resource resource even if they can't help you they might be able to help the next guy who comes along so uh, do let them know what's going on uh, they will give you some good advice on what to do and they may even be able to say oh we know all about this because of the last guy who got caught and, and let me tell you we, we can, can help act. yes so that's always useful uh, and then get a security guy in um, we to get a have a look guy. you look him up on the internet I can highly recommend Tony K Tony Shashevsky let me just give him a little plug because he's a fantastic operator. Uh, he'll probably tell you you need to invent a time machine and go back three months to when he last told you to do your oh, backups. Oh, so he's a cynical, smug he IT guy. is a cynical, smug those. IT guy. Those but the ten a penny, you have to put up with the smug if you've been hacked, I'm afraid. It sort of goes hand in glove. And uh, what you should never do, though, is trust that what they're giving you back is actually what you said. So do not yep. pay them any money. You know, that's something I'd never thought of. I, I, I thought, you know, pay the money, get the stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and, in fact, there was... A case uh, about a year ago, a uh, a US-based 
Hospital. That's right. Which just ground to a halt, couldn't get its patient yep. records. People were at risk of dying. Yes, and they and paid, they paid. The money. They, they paid, paid the money, but yeah. they might have got a little bit more than they expected. Hey, one uh, organisation I would like to get a ransomware attack, and mm. I'm pinning my colours to the mast here, <laughs> yes. um, is Trump Hotels. Trump the Hotels. Trumpet. Well, then you wouldn't be able to take all those selfies of people making rude gestures standing and, and in front of a uh, Trump Hotel sign, as we've all be, done. That seems to be the main purpose of a Trump Hotel yes. these days, as a, a backdrop for uh, obscene gestures. Mm. But an interesting uh, thing popped up yesterday, um, and this is, it's a day full of morals. Oh, it's a morals day. We've got lots of morals. Oh, I'll tell you the Sunday. story. Okay. I'll tell you the story. You tell me the moral. So um, if you go to trumphotels.org, you see what at first seems like a Trump Hotel's site with lots of marble, right. lots of gleaming metal that might or might not be gold. Uh, but very, very quickly, it uh, transitions to, kind of predictably, yep. a site all about uh, immigrant detention um, and family here we separation. And I, I, can, I can just imagine if I were the Trump Hotels people or even the Trump uh, people, I'd be uh, less than happy about TrumpHotels.org <laughs> displaying that. What's the moral of the story, Paul? The moral of the story you, is... Do you have a website? Do not Google Trump Hotels. No, the moral of the story is buy all. The, if you're going to protect your IP, you have to buy all of the um, uh, URLs that you can find. So you just said IP and URL. Yes. IP is intellectual property. URL is the name of your website. The, no, um, the uniform resource locator, if you want to get techie, because it's that. such a stupid phrase. So what we mean by that is if I have a great... Uh, Great idea for, you know, vaughnsgoatcurry.com. Clarks. Clarkscardies.com. Clarkscardies.com. Yes. I should also register clarkscardies.org. Yep. Clarkscardies.net. I should register all the things, even if I don't intend to use them. Yes. Because if I don't... Someone, Someone else, else can. can. That's right. That's right. Although the other day I did get, I own my own domain name and I got a letter from a very nice Chinese registrar saying, oh, somebody's trying to register your domain name .cn. You'll need to pay us lots of money to protect it. And I, um, I suggested that they not uh, do that because <coughs> that's a bit of a con and I'm quite happy not having there are scams .cn. Everywhere. There are. There are. There are scams everywhere. But of course, the, the flip side challenge, and uh, I, I had a friend, uh, now now deceased, uh, sadly, who ran a company that sort of capitalised on this. If, if, if I am, let's say, I don't know, uh, ColgateCharcoalToothpaste.com, mm. and I want to register Colgate Charcoal Toothpaste in every single country, the problem yes. is you need, in most countries, you need to have an office in that you country do, in order you do. to register a, a website a business, in that country. Yeah. So his business was to have registered offices in most countries in the world. Oh, so that's that when very along clever. Comes, along comes, you know, um, yeah. Clark's Cardies. Yes. He, he says, sure, it. you can be. He can do it. Of course, the, the other business he had, which was which was before that, was <laughs> he, he, he registered a, a bunch of uh, misspelt um, popular websites. Right. Like Microstoff. Yeah, and, and Dysentery. And, and yes. Just, and just served, served a whole lot of ads on them. <laughs> which I made a killing. And then redirected to yes. Microsoft or, or, you know, Goggle. Yeah. Goggle.com, <laughs> which I thought was absolute genius. You know, it was a victimless crime. That's right. And no crime at all. Did it make him lots of money? I, I hope so. An awful lot of money. Good. And and uh, his aeroplanes uh, were much nicer than my aeroplanes. They always say, um, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Yeah. Well, Tony, if you're listening up there, you won. After the break, the apps, websites, and internet goodness you just cannot do without. Back soon. It's Sunday Social.
Welcome back to Sunday Social. Yes, indeed, there's a bazillion apps out there on the internet web, but most of them are rubbish. Luckily, Paul and I have spent, well, most of the last week or so going through the app stores and finding the apps and websites that are not crap. Have we not, Paul? Countless. Countless minutes. Countless, countless. minutes. Countless minutes. You're yes. quite vague with your, your, big, your big With claim. my numbers. Your, your big claims. A number of many. Several. You sometimes. You a politician or a PR person. Um, <laughs> I love this. I love this. We we spoke about this briefly on the show last week with uh, with PC. Right. Um, this website called IKEA or Death. IKEA or Death. <laughs> now, what do you think a website called IKEA or Death does, Paul? Uh, I would hope it imports IKEA furniture into New Zealand on the sly, so you can buy it. Or, 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 or they kill themselves. We promise. We promise. <laughs> we will bring you that kitchen. Yeah. Or, or we will. <laughs> Or ourselves. death. No, no, no. That no. is not what it is. Oh, um, oh, oh! I know, I know. Do you? I, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Build your own coffins. Oh, that's interesting. We should, we should, we should, just, we, we should just play a guessing game. With the we, could, we could, we uh, could. I'd I, do that. Flat, I'd, flat pack, flat pack um, coffins. Flat pack dude boxes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, it's not that. Oh. So IKEA or death.com, I think is absolutely fantastic. It's uh, one of these single-purpose, pure idea websites, and plays on the idea that the names mm. of most IKEA furniture items are pretty weird. They are. And at first glance, it's very hard to tell whether or not uh, an item, uh, you know, the, 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 the Sventquist, <laughs> which is, you know, is, is that, is that a, a, a pot plant stand? Yes, or, or a is bed. That, in fact, a death metal band? Yeah. <laughs> so someone, I see. Someone, so someone's got the site yeah, up. Bless, yeah, bless their cotton socks, has made a website called IKEA or Death, and we're going to play a, an on, a, a radio version of it, and I've got all the answers. Okay, so, um, perfect. You've just got. To, I'm going to read them out. You You've got to yep. say, is this an IKEA product or is it a death, a death metal, metal band? band? Okay. Okay. Absu. 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 Oh, that's definitely an IKEA product. No, it's a band. Oh. Um, Kraft. With Kraft a with a C. That's got to be an IKEA product. That's a band. Vitzjo. V I T T S J O. Vitzjo. Vitzjo. No, that's that's a that's a band. That's a shelf. Oh. Um, <laughs> Abercock. Abercock. Well, I've heard them play, so I know that's a band. Have you really heard no, them? No, I've never yeah, heard them. They are a band? They're an English I'm band. Clubo. Clubo. K L U B B O. That's a type of lamp. That's surely. a table. You're very close. Oh. Uh, Bustig. Bustig. Yes, that's a band. Yeah, it's a band. Yep, it's yep. A, well, no, it's not. It's a kitchen drawer handle. <laughs> and finally, Boholmen. Boholmen. The Boholmen. Yeah, I, I can see them supporting um, uh, a ba- uh, another a better band. So, Especially if. Yeah. if yeah. We are Boholm men. Uh, no, it's a stainless steel kitchen sink. So for more conundra like that, you can just go to ikeaordeath.com. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a thing of beauty. I love don't, it. Don't you love websites that just do one thing? And do it very well. You know, like, um, is it will it will it rain.com and will it snow.com? The, yes, it yes. It just says yes Is no. it Monday? Is it Monday? Is, is it, it a Monday? website? It's either, it's either Monday or another day of the week. I can't remember. It's but it's, it's is it Monday? It's yes, Monday. it is. Well, the time, mm. with the time zones. It is. Um, game of the week. Now, you you and I have both been guilty of um, promoting... <laughs> the procrastinasties. Yeah, relentlessly yes. addictive games. And I'm actually um, speaking in a week or so to a guy who heads the New Zealand Game Developers Federation. Oh, and fabulous. I'm not sure he's a fan of the... Mindless addictive games, but this this I quite but I am. <laughs> I, I was sitting I was sitting on a plane the other day, and over over uh, and this is an insight into my my um, my personality, I guess. Over the seat in front of me, I could see a woman playing this game. So on, you weren't on flying this, this one. 
No, no. <laughs> there's normally no one in the seat. No, that's a bit dangerous. Um, She's playing was, a game. It was a grid of um, sort of six by six grid, and there were numbers on it. And she was sliding the numbers around and adding the numbers up. And I thought, oh, I know what oh, game it's like that is. Sudoku it kind cool. of thing. Kind of like Sudoku. Uh, it's called Twenty Forty Eight, and. Part of me wanted to play it right there and then, but part of me was too embarrassed in case anyone else saw me playing this mindless game. <laughs> it's really neat. It's really neat. And I'm going to compare it to this game, 2048. I'm going to compare it to a game that you like called mm. Two Dots, which is also mindlessly addictive. Manically addictive. All about joining the dots. It is. So 2048, you start off with the screen, and it's got a couple of numbers on it, and there'll be two, four, eight, sixteen multiple uh, Right. Multiples? Multiples, double, yeah, yeah. Double tools? Yeah. Or whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, as as I Base pointed out in the uh, in the setup, I'm no good with numbers, certainly prime numbers, and the idea is that you slide identical numbers together to make a larger number, right. and eventually you make twenty forty eight. Yeah, but you need to slide them together before you, you yeah, run out yeah. of space. Yeah, addictive and interesting and fun and simple and beautiful. Um, written in one weekend by a nineteen year old in Italy. Tens of millions of downloads. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But here's the here's, uh, here's the thing, and I really like it. Uh, and you can get a bazillion different uh, versions of it yeah. because it's it's open source. It's free. You can get it on Android. You can get it online. You you know on on your desktop. You can get it on uh, on iPhone. Um, but he's just said, well, you know, here you go. Just help yourself. Have it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now two dots. Mm. When we started playing it, and two dots is, is this thing where if you join two dots of the same colour, they disappear. That's and, the hard and right. more dots fall down, and you carry on until yeah, you yeah sort of dot tetris. injured your finger. Yeah, until that's you've right. injured your finger. Yeah. So when you told me about that, which was at least two years ago, because we yes. were not here in the fancy news hub. No, no, studio, elsewhere. It, it too was a simple, straightforward. Simple games are often the best, though, aren't they? Especially on a small device like a phone. Yeah. Um, uh, in your pocket, ready to go at any at the drop of a hat. I've got ten minutes waiting for somebody. I'll just exactly. And off I go. I'll get yep. some two dots. I could learn a language, but instead I'm going to do two dots. Exactly. So I went back to that last week mm. uh, in a moment of desperation and boredom. Have you played it recently? No, no, I haven't been near it. It is bloated nonsense. Oh, so see. <coughs> you cannot so much look towards your phone without it inviting you to share, yes. to play socially, to buy upgrades, ah, to no, do little side no. games that cost fish, money. Fish. And the difference between the two could not be more pronounced. 2048, simple little elegant game. Clean. That, yeah. yeah, clean. Yeah. Clean. That's what you want. It is game. what it is. Yeah. With sometimes I think there's a little ad down the bottom about the size of a, a, a hair. Yes, yes, yes. Um, One of those that you can ignore quite. You can't cheaply. even see. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, the two dots have gone down the commercial route, and it could not be more yeah. abhorrent. And and it destroys the experience, so you're less likely to play it. So you won't see the flashy ads and all the bits and pieces, and you won't buy the stuff. Well, I think their, their model yeah. is more about buying the stuff. Yeah, yeah, buying the bits. You know, $2.99 for some sort of dotty power-up dot, dot, dot That's thing. right. Well, that's the Fortnite uh, model, isn't it? The big game that all the kids are playing at the moment Free where you play. can buy stuff. Free-to-play, uh, expensive to keep playing. So, yes, yes. yes. Uh, that is a, a bit of a problem in the gaming uh, world. You should have a chat to your chap next week and see what he's got to say about it. Well, that's right, because the... You know, uh, it, it's funny. The um, who could have predicted this? Twenty years ago, a game was something you went into a computer game shop and forked over probably a hundred dollars yep. back yep. then on DVDs. Which would buy you a house. <laughs> it ago. would. It would. And inside would be some, you know, a couple of manuals yep. and some discs that rattled around. So it was a hundred dollars twenty years ago. Who would have predicted that? You know, fast forward 20 years, mm. the price would have increased to zero. That, that's right. On the whole, the price yep. is zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is which is a uh, which is a challenging 
a challenging business model, I have to say, hey, I've got a little tip. Oh, right. Ian's tips? Sure. Sure, why not? Jelly have tips? You ever, have you ever had problems with the Uber app? I don't mean moral problems. No, no. Well, I have those, but I don't know. No, it's always worked quite smoothly Well, for I me. went through a period, mm. and you know, I'm not going to blame my phone, because, you know, that I'm... Oh, I it's it's a that. Huawei. It's a Huawei. Yes, uh, unblameable. I, I, I might partly blame the uh, Google Play ecosystem. Oh. Because it was having real problems. So what do you do when your Uber app, for some reason, mm. has crapped its pants? You delete it and download it again. Tried that. You um, let Uber know via the handy support functionality that I have never seen on an app in my life. No, no, <laughs> no. It does Uber does actually have it? Uber. Does have one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in fact, they do. They picked up on my social media ranting and, oh, and yes, gave yes. me some advice, which was good. Uh, what you do when your Uber craps its pants, and, and I'm really sorry if you don't live in the main centres and Uber and is can't Uber. Jaffers have, um, is the Moby site. So Uber oh. has a mobile internet site, which is just a, a site that's uh, configured for the phone. Optimised for the yes. phone. So it's like moby.uber.com, something like that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. And you would not know that you were anywhere but the app. So you right. go, you go, you go this on your on your on your phone, yep. you know, moby.uber.com, and the first thing it says is, you know, oh, who are, it looks like you've worn and and yeah, yeah, yeah. your account. Uh, the second thing it does is creates a desktop shortcut, which is like a little icon that goes straight to the site. Which it looks like an app. As well, it <laughs> might as well be the app. You just click on that. Yep, and away and you go. Bob's your Uber. Well, and it worked, and it stopped your glitching. It worked absolutely perfectly. A week later, the glitching was gone for whatever reason was yeah, happening yeah. behind the scenes with the map interface or whatever right, it was. Right, right. But uh, it was a real eye-opener. That's, yeah, and, uh, you know, to be honest, a lot, of, a lot of companies spend all their time developing apps when really the, what they should be doing is just coming up with a clean mobile version of their website. Well, that's, what it, that's it. what it demonstrated to me. I don't know what the downside of doing this... Is. Well, I don't think there's any other yeah, than it's 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 a sales channel for you know oh look I've got to go to the app store and download this app because yeah, everybody's talking right, about you're right. it. It's, 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 it's a sales marketing channel. pitch. Yeah, it's where yeah. you go. It's where you go for the sales because you know. But the downside if you're a, a company you're developer looking to make an app, making an app's one thing. Getting it through the app store, through, yeah, through yeah. Apple or, Especially or Apple. Uh, Android or wherever. Yeah, Android is loses loses a, a loses a goose. Slot. Yes. Um, <laughs> Whereas Apple, thou shalt none shall pass. But anyway, that, that was that was a real eye opener for me. So the world is You've not just something. about apps. You've learned something. It's today. also That's about well, we've learned a lot today, Paul. We've learned about uh, never paying for the Tupperware. Don't pay uh, the ransomware. Yeah, I mean we've, the, we've learned to always tupperware. always register all your domain numbers if uh, or your d domain your uniform resource locators, your URLs. Uh, we've learned the difference between um, IKEA product names and death metal bands. But most of all, we've learned that um, Uber. It's not just an it's app. It's more than just an app. Hey, it's been, a way of it's life. been real. Thank you so much for my first half guest, Dr. Vivian Ming. Thank you, Paul Brislin, for coming thank in. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Yaz, in the booth. I'm Vaughan Davis. Enjoy the weekend variety wireless right after this. Nice